welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. Wasn't that great worship? So good. It was so wonderful, and it's good to be here like this, a little different this morning. It's good. Very different. Obviously, we're back in the office. We're trying to slowly make our way back to the new normal, and we're trying to slowly make things like we're going back to normal. It's a new setting here, back to the office. We're excited about it. We're excited about all the changes, and we're excited about this series that we're going through right now called We Are the Church. This is week four. Week four in our series, We Are the Church. And today we're going to talk for a few minutes about being the hands and feet of the church. We've talked a whole lot about the spiritual aspect of being the church. But today we're going to do some talking about the hands and feet and what that looks like. So me and Jen are obviously both here together. And we wanted to um, just share from our hearts together what that looks like. And we decided to sit down on a couch so that we weren't both standing up, staring at the camera like we wanted to fight with somebody or something. It's good. Different is good. We're being adaptive this season. Good word. Yeah. Good word. Okay, so let's go with our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. And this is our foundation scripture for this series. Ephesians chapter 2 in the New Living Translation. I'm going to read it real quick. And it says, together... Everybody say, together. Together. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. We are the church. Uh, Now, today, what we want to talk about is being the hands and feet. And um, let's go in our Bibles to the book of James. One of my favorite books in the Bible. We did a great series on the book of James. We worked our way through the book of James, I think last September. And we took about five or six weeks and just worked our way through it and really broke it down. So when you look at my Bible, it is full of highlights and red pencil marks and things. But James chapter 1 is where we want to start off today. And in verse 27, it says this. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of the God, God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I'm going to say it one more time. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So, um, you know, sometimes in the church world, there is a sense and a feeling of kind of like two camps. One camp is the doers, and one camp is the spiritual side, where they go to church, and they pray, and they worship God, and they talk to other Christians. And then there's the doer side, where they are the ones that say, we need to get out in the community. We need to go uh, lay hands on the sick. We need to go pass out sandwiches. We need to go when, when disaster strikes. We need to go and do those things. And there's kind of these two camps that are always, some are over here and some over here. And what I want to tell you today is there is no camp over here and camp over here. It's not an either this one or I'm a this one. I'm a doer or I'm an in-the-house person. It is a both and, the two coming together. 
when we say we are the church and we're talking about being the hands and feet of Jesus and continuing his ministry and his work, we've got to do both sides. We've got to be found in the temple. We've got to be found in the church. We've got to be found discipling new believers and preaching the gospel message and laying hands on the sick. We also need to be found out in the community finding ways to reach those needs, finding the lost, bringing life and healing and hope to them. So if you turn, do you have any thoughts? If you turn over to James chapter 2, just one page, it's really easy. James chapter 2 starts off, and in verse, um, we're going to start in verse 14 today. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it starts here, and it says this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? I just want to let that pause, and I I want to let you have that hit your heart for a second. If you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, what good is it? Can that kind of faith save anybody? Suppose you see a brother or sister who's got no food or clothing and say to him, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, see you later. It was so good seeing you. Your problems are so terrible. I'll be praying for you. Bye-bye now. He's saying, he says, then he goes on, he says, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? If you see a need and you don't meet that need, but you say you're a believer, you say you have faith, what kind of faith do you have? He says in verse 17, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Unless your faith is producing good deeds, James says it's dead and useless. So let me ask you today, what good deeds is your faith wow. producing? Wow. Right? Yeah. What good deeds? What action are you putting to your faith? Apparently, it's not good enough just to get saved yourself and to talk about Jesus with your family, and to go to church on Sunday, there's got to be more to it. So it goes on in verse 18, says, some may argue and say, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? He says, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. He says, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see, again, he says it, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? We're talking about this today because we're talking about we are the church, and today we're talking about being those hands and feet. We're talking about the deeds and the actions that come along with our faith. 21, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his action when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? That's a great story in Genesis that you should go read sometime. And um, verse 22 says, you see his faith, Abraham's, and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Your actions make your faith complete. It's not enough just to say that you have faith. It's not enough just to say that you go to church. It's not enough just to say those things. 
There must be actions attached to it that complete your faith. And I can think of one great example that I want to show you. And I'm going to let Jen share some thoughts in a second here. But I want to finish with one more passage of scripture. We're talking about how there isn't two camps. It's not faith or actions. It's faith and actions. And it says right here um, in verse 22, he says, his faith and his actions work together. And I'm thinking of Jesus right now. Maybe you guessed it. We were talking on our Hope Today on Tuesday, and we were asking some questions, and somebody replied, Jesus, because Jesus is always the answer. But in this case, this answer is Jesus right now. Jesus, his faith, and his actions work together to complete his faith. So I want to show you one more scripture. And we started here in the very first week of our series called We Are the Church. But if you go with me to Luke chapter 4, we're going to take a look at this real quickly. And this is when Jesus has come out of, the, out of the wilderness and the power of the Spirit. He goes into the temple, into the church, sits down, finds a scroll, and begins to read from it. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The King James adds in, the new King James, to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And what do you see in this passage of scripture? You see Jesus talking about, he goes on, he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And, and what you see is the ministry of Jesus was both and. Jesus didn't come just to feed the hungry. He didn't come just to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't come just to set the captives free and to give sight to the blind. He came to also give sight to the spiritually blind. He came to also preach that the kingdom of God was at hand. He came to set the captives free, those who were emotionally uh, captive, who were spiritually captive. He came to both ends, not pick one or the other. So when we are the church, we're talking about how we have to go and, and, and we profess to be Christians and we say we have faith. But the question is today, is what actions are you taking, like it says in James, that complete your faith? So good. So challenging and so good. And uh, I want to hear what you have to say on some things that I have to say. Okay. Um, But just as you're talking, I'm thinking about, um, I recorded a Hope Talk today with Jonathan Bounds. And what we were talking about was um, three words that you had mentioned, the new normal. Mm. And someone on Worship Leaders Collective said a couple weeks ago, they're like, I don't receive this new normal. We're going to get back to church, and I don't accept it, you know? And, yeah, and I heard, heard on one hand what he was saying, and he was using his faith. And I said, well, no matter how many times you keep saying, um, you know, you're not accepting the new normal, this is the new normal. And I don't... Obviously, God did not cause what is happening, but God yeah. is using it. And you can Absolutely. see it all around the world that this holy army is arising and, and is advancing to this new normal that God is really using mightily yeah. right now to give us greater eyes to see and greater ears to hear. And one yeah. of the things Jonathan and I were talking about um, was that, you know, people and, you know, we see it, you know, and even, you know, I think if we were to be honest, we've all had moments like we just can't wait to get back to the way things were, right? We just can't yeah. wait to get back in a building and being all together and hug each other, you know, and go back to the old way. But 
But there's this part of me that I don't think God wants us to go back to exactly how things were. I don't, I don't either. You know, like, and yeah. I just keep hearing him saying, behold, look, I am doing a new yeah. thing, you know, and, you know, we're being challenged. Was, was church just a building? You know, was church just a building? Was it just something that we went to on Sunday? Or do we really have a revelation by the Spirit of God that we are the church? I believe that one of the reasons why we're talking about this so long is, is definitely not because we have nothing better to talk about, but it's something that the Spirit of God is really trying to get to our yeah. church, is really trying to get to you that, you know, if you would just lean in and listen, the book of Revelation, you know, talks about, you know, hear the winds blowing through the churches, mm. you know, we even hear it, see in, you know, the Bible, um, if any man, woman has ears to hear, let yeah. them hear, you yeah. know, God is speaking, not by might, not by power, but by spirit. his spirit that we are the church. Yeah. Church is not canceled. Church is not closed. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. Church is not canceled. Church is not closed. This is church. Yeah. We are having church today. You have an opportunity to be the church tomorrow, and you have an opportunity to be the church the next day That's right. because Absolutely. we are a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Yeah. We are part of the church all around the world. We are the church. So I have been, you know, just talking today in that conversation and listening to you. This is the new normal. You can try to reject it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But God's saying, you know what? You're going to get it. And I love that about Jesus, even when you see with the disciples, is he doesn't hold them against themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. even in the garden, he's like, could you not just pray one hour? And I yeah. feel like some of us could, he's just like, you know, not like shaking us, but like, are you like getting it? Like, yeah. this is the new normal. I'm calling my church to arise right now. I'm calling my church to see. I'm calling my church to hear. I'm calling yeah. my church, you know, expand your heart. You know, I'm thinking about the scripture out of Proverbs 119. I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge my mm -hmm. heart. And I want to talk about that um, right now. And I want to go back to Acts 2.46 actually, because last week I didn't make a point that I, I really wanted to drive home. Out of Acts 2.46, we've been talking about this scripture a lot, about, you know, house to house. But I'm reading out of the New King James, and it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. That's really important to, you know, think about that mm -hmm. one accord. Because when you have one accord, you don't just have unity. You don't just ha have harmony. So I was thinking today about how harmony can be like coming together. But, but then there's a step further, and I believe that that's where God's leading Hope City. Then you have synergy. Yeah you know, where we are working together. And I believe that we are going to get there by the Spirit of God where one plus one, like even me and you, doesn't just equal two, but no. together me and you and the Spirit of God equals three. Yeah. So it's saying, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So we were talking last week about that word simplicity meant uncomplicated. You know, it was just this heart that was smooth. It was this heart that wasn't full of anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't full of much because things were simple. We're in a season where though it may be hard, there is a simplicity to this season that I believe that God is wanting to use by his spirit to begin to open up our hearts in a greater way, yeah. to expand our hearts in a greater measure, to uh, give us greater vision, give us greater clarity in this season if we will allow it. But if all we're doing is sitting on our couches, if all we're doing is sitting on our home, just sitting in our homes waiting for normal to happen again, we are wasting this season. And God is saying, don't wait waste this season but as we were talking two weeks ago or last week put weight 
in the yeah, weight this right. season. You know, lean in uh, into the spirit of God. Put weight. So that's W-E-I-G-H-T. Did I spell that right? Yes, I think Put so. weight into the spirit. Put faith. So Jake's talking about faith and works. You yeah. know, faith without works is dead. Don't just be a hearer of mm-hmm. the word James talks about, but be a doer yeah. of the word of God. And God's saying, are you getting it? Yeah. Are you getting it? You know, so for us to live, um, you know, and embrace the simplicity this season because God is expanding our hearts in extraordinary ways. God has works for us to do by his spirit, not a striving kind of work, but the first step, you know, and this is what I want to talk about was that we got to allow God to expand our hearts, yeah, that's right. you know, because we could go out there and say, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But if there's selfishness inside of us, mm-hmm. you know, because I've dealt with that even the beginning of our ministry, I didn't want to be a youth pastor. You know, didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to give my life to people. I just wanted to stay home. Yeah. And it came to a point where Jake's like, you know what? You just go home. I'm going to go be a youth pastor. <laughs> and you know what? God dealt with my heart. And you know, when, but you didn't push me into that. No. You allowed the spirit of God to work on the inside of me. But before I could go out and do the works that God had called me to do, there needs to be an expansion of my heart first. Yeah. And I think that's something, and I actually, I don't just think, I know that's mm-hmm. something that God is doing in all of our hearts. And, and I don't care how expansive your heart is. God can expand it even more you know you're talking about words like comfort and jesus you know and people like oh jesus cares about your comfort honey jesus doesn't care about our comfort (laughs) i just want to blow that out of the water because a god that put his only son on the cross obviously is a god that isn't overly concerned about our comfort now the word of god says that he'll comfort us yeah that's right (laughs) but he's not saying that he's after our comfort yeah we need to get that yeah you know, he wants to get you out totally. of your comfort zone. So when you think about the heart being a muscle, for a heart to be expanded, for a heart to be stretched, it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, we've all worked out at the gym or maybe not worked out at the gym, but you've walked or walked we up a mountain. At some level, you know, your your legs get sore, your calves get sore, you feel a little bit stiff mm-hmm. and maybe us feel a little uncomfortable this season. We're feeling a little stiff, but how do we expand our hearts? By, by, by doing the things that God's calling us to yeah. do, you know, just having that that willingness and that obedience of God, whatever you want me to do this season, uh, I will do it. Like last week, you know, the widow, Elisha, the jar of oil. What do you have? And that's what God's saying is, what do you have? We all have something, you know, and if we would just stop and pray and just say, God, what do we have? And surely we're going to have events and stuff and the church, we're going to have things that we're going to begin to do that we feel by the spirit of God as a church for our city and other people. And we've already been doing some of those things. But what God is trying to get to us too is that don't wait for the event. You can be the event each and every day for Jesus Christ. Peter and John in the gate, beautiful. They weren't, wasn't this great event that God had put for them, you know, to walk through the gate. Oh, you know, you know, I'm going to create a Facebook event right now. And this is what you guys are going to do at this hour. No, they were just being who they were, you know, walking through the gate, but in the spirit of God, empowered by the spirit of God, it gave them eyes to see. And there was a miracle. That's right. The greatest miracle that can happen in our hearts or in our lives this season is that we would allow the Spirit of God to expand our hearts. And out of that expansion of heart, we flow. So then we're not trying to do something anymore, but it's this involuntary reaction, this involuntary action of, I've just got to obey God because we are... um, 
we don't want to just be a hearer of the word that like right. you're talking about, yeah. but we want to be a doer Do of the word. So yeah. we're talking about hands and feet. What does that look like? I can't really tell you what that's going to look like for you. But, you know, as I was talking to um, Kayla and Jess last night, you know, and we were just, you know, talking about what do you have? We were talking on IG yeah. Live last night. And, you know, I just love hearing what other people are doing this season about yeah. what they have. Yeah. And the Lord had reminded Jessica Funk that she loved to write letters. So she's been writing letters of love. Like in love. the mail? Yes. And she's been writing letters to people. And, you know, just taking time in, this simp in yeah. her simplicity of heart this season, you know, taking time to do some of the things that she loves. And God's wow. reminding her of that. So people yeah. are getting letters in the mail. Um, Kayla was talking about just being present. That's another thing that yeah. we can give that's so huge, bringing your presence to people, mm -hmm. giving them all of you, not just a piece of you, not just the multitasking you. Yeah. All of the you. The whole you. The yeah. whole you. I, I think these are valuable things that we should not overlook, you know. So often we look for doing the spectacular things yeah. when God is saying, I just want you to do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. and not worry about it being amazing. Not worry about someone saying congratulations, like all over Facebook, all over yeah. Instagram or TikTok, you know. But just doing it because God has called us to do it. The hands and the feet baking something for somebody, yeah. you know? You know, if you know that someone needs a meal or they're hurting or maybe they're Absolutely. not feeling well, take dinner over to their house. If you know that someone needs prayer, don't just text them and say, praying for you. Text them. And I had this opportunity yeah. with someone this week. And, and I said, hey, and, and I don't normally just pick up the phone and call someone I don't know really well. I'll say, hey, can I call you? And they said, I would love that. You know, yeah. pick up the phone and call someone. You know, it, it means so much more than just to, praying, you know, yeah. like, or just the praying hands, why don't we just take it a little step yeah, farther, right. you know, yeah. give people a little bit more, you yeah. know, and then God begins to stretch our hearts wider, yeah. and then to give us a little bit more, and a little bit more, yeah. and it's gonna, and here's the thing, is when we're not acting on the word of God, I'm thinking about that word sclerocardia, you know, when we begin to get that hardness of heart, and it just gets that dull heart. But as we act yeah. on the word of God, as we act on doing the things that God has called us to do, your heart's going to soften. It's going to become more open. You're going to become more fully alive mm -hmm. because you're going to begin doing the things that God has called you to do. Absolutely. Um, and, and just going back, I mean, <clears throat> we're just continuing the work of Jesus. That's what we're doing. So you say, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. What, what do I have? How can I be the hands and feet? Well, you begin to look in Luke chapter 4 at what Jesus did, who he was. And then you say, okay, I can find ways to be the hands and feet. Right. I can go make a sandwich. I can do some of the things that Jen was talking right. about. And you begin to take steps to genuinely show the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ to people that you encounter everywhere you go. And that's what being the hands and the feet really looks like. Um, you know, we've partnered with some things in the city. We've partnered with the Abbotsford Food Bank. Um, and we're trying to do some things there. And, and we're going to find ways for you to be involved as well so that you can get out and get out of your house and go drive around and go down to a food bank or go do some things so that we're getting out in the community and serving. But like I said a few weeks ago, all those things and all the serving that we do, we've got to remember that it's not just about the serving, it is about bringing Jesus That's into right. the serving. That's right. You know, and your dad's always said this, anyone can hand out a sandwich, yeah. you know? And it's a good thing to hand out food to people that are hungry. 
Bible says he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. But we need to be handing out sandwiches. We need to be handing out yeah. coffees, you know, flowers in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Um, just a small example was even in our small group, you know, our house-to-house group, was um, we knew that it was little Anthony's birthday. Yeah. So we just got on our group message, and we're like, hey, we're going to go, like, surprise Anthony. So I, you know, distance, of course. And I wrote Marina, and I just said, hey, could we come and do a drive-by parade for Anthony? And she was just so excited. And so we were all waiting there. And, uh, and I, I asked Josh if I could talk about this, so I have his permission. But um, we were all waiting there, and then we see this, like, fire truck. We thought we were in trouble. From behind us, and we're like, what is happening? And uh, we realized that it's Josh in the fire truck. And I'm like, what? So Josh is an electrician, but he's also an auxiliary fireman. And he just took that another step further. So we're talking about taking things another step further. And I texted Marina. I said, okay, we're almost ready to drive by your house. I said, I don't want to tell you what's coming, but I think you're going to cry. And when, huh, like it's just taking things just a little bit more, you know? And, you know, they have not been seeing anyone or doing anything yeah. because Marina works at a bank and her banks just said, you really have to distance. And I'm telling you, when we're like honking the horns and we're driving by and he was playing basketball, I don't know if I've ever seen a face smile bigger than that, you know? And just the fire truck and just the awe and the wonder, yeah. you know? And then Marina calls me after. She's like, I'm still crying. And she said, Anthony's crying. And he said, man, I sure feel loved, and I loved my church. Yeah, and that's what it's about, showing the love of Jesus. Totally, you know, in, in whatever ways that God tells us to do mm-hmm. it. You know, and that's just one example, but I believe that's just a tangible yeah. example of, you know, helping, you know, having people feel loved, yeah. you know, and they feel the love of God. You know, we know that, you know, it's said that many people often won't remember what you said, but they will remember how you made them feel. That's right. So we are the church. We are the hands and feet. We are the body of Christ. And there are ways that you can um, find to actively engage in that. I'm really excited about next week. We're going to have my parents are going to be speaking to us. We're trying to find a way to make that happen. Um, And they're going to continue talking about we are the church. But it's going to be a good time together. Can I read one more scripture before we close today? And I want to end with Romans 12 in the message. And I really felt like God wanted me to close with this today. Uh, Romans 12, 1 to 2 in the message uh, translation, but it says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. So we're adding God into the equation. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quick to respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God wants to bring the best out of you and develop a well-formed maturity in you. We are the church. It's it's an exciting time to be alive. And I heard the Lord say this morning, it is not the season of sadness. This is the season of gladness. There's victory in the valley. What are you laughing at? Not a season of sadness, the season of gladness. I like that. I like that. Uh, I want to pray for you all this morning before we uh, finish up. So just close your eyes with me and let's just pray and believe God. Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that your word finds homes in our heart, bringing life and healing and hope to us.
Father, I thank you that you are expanding our hearts, that you are opening our eyes, that we begin to love people and care for people the way that you do, the way that you see them, the way you think about them. Help us to feel those same feelings and those same thoughts and have those same desires that you have so that we can begin to find ways to reach out and to bring your love and your life to a healing and lost world that needs you. God, I thank you that your spirit is moving all across this nation, all across this Fraser Valley, all across the world. We say in the name of Jesus, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen. So good. We're going to go back and worship for a few minutes. I encourage you to worship God. Just let him speak to your heart and life. And, and begin to write down ways that you feel like that you can be the hands and feet to a lost and dying world. We love you all. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.